What is up, you beautiful human? Hello and welcome to the Raw, Real and Vulnerable podcast with me, Beck Antonucci. Just two beautiful nights ago, I married two of my best friends on Paris Island in Greece. No fam, I'm not legally a celebrant. When it's internationally, you sign your papers on Australian soil and you have the ceremony overseas, which is probably for a really safe reason because I started saying that I was just going to sporadically start marrying people on the spot. <laughs> and my mum was like, Rebecca, you are not legally a wedding celebrant. And I was like, mum, do not fucking rain on my celebrancy parade with the technicalities, all right, woman? Let me live. And isn't it fitting that on the back of marrying two of my best friends in the whole wide world that this episode is about calling in your aligned partner, or more specifically, creating space to call in your aligned partner. And I love that this episode is releasing now because September marks the two-year mark from when Jake and I started officially dating. So I can't wait to share with you the steps that I have taken and also the steps that I share with my clients that are very intentional and specific steps to support you in being able to A, create space and B, put in the action that is required to show the universe what it is that you say that you most desire. So if you're willing to execute this five-part process with courage, I can't wait to see what magic is in store for you on the other side. Strap yourself in. We are only just getting started. Let's fucking go. Creating space to call in your aligned partner. I love this conversation. I am a magnet attractor for women who are desiring to open their heart to love, perhaps quite fearful to open their heart to love, and perhaps a little scared of rejection a little scared of misalignment, a little scared of exploration, and a little scared of showing up as their true self to the dating world. And I love it. I love clients who are dating because really it's so much of the work that we're doing, exploring our standards, learning how to use our voice, knowing what our boundaries are, being so lovingly boundaried from within and being able to communicate that vulnerably to others. I find women dating so powerful and it really excites me. It's also us anchoring to what our true desires are, being open to receive. It's exciting. We get to meet new people. I have a core human need for variety. So I personally used to love the dating experience. And it's quite funny. Jake and I have actually been dating for two years as of September. We're moving out together in November. I've loved living in my home for six years and I'm really cutting the cord with this house that is so meaningful to me. I've gone through a grieving process around it. I'm still sometimes in it. Sometimes I think I'm no longer going to cry about leaving my house and my housemates and then tears will come up again. But it's just because this house has created so much for me. This house has been such an activator for me. But cutting that cord and moving into a new phase of my life and moving in with my beautiful aligned partner, Jake. And as I was thinking about moving out, I thought to myself, my beautiful 93-year young neighbor, Mary, has been asking me for the past six years to have a cup of tea with her. And it's only in passing where she's like, you must at some stage come around for a cup of tea. And I'll go down to the beach and we'll both be swimming. She'll say, one day you have to come around for that cup of tea. And today, as I was walking back from the ocean to my home, I bump into Mary and she says, do you want to come in for that cup of tea? And in that moment, I thought to myself, God is speaking to me because fam, I've just gotten back from my cup of tea with Mary 
And that was kind of the last piece of the puzzle. Like I couldn't leave my beautiful beach home without having that cup of tea. And the cup of tea has been had. And it was really beautiful as we were sitting in Mary's home. She was talking about her husband who had passed. And she said to me, I never feel lonely because I always feel like he's here with me. And I just thought that was so beautiful. And in that moment, I felt all of this appreciation for Jake. Jake to me is is God's tangible, physical expression of his love for me. I've never met a more beautiful human. And I'm not always the easiest girlfriend to manage. And yet he's so attuned to me. I don't know how he does it. <laughs> I don't know how he does it, but he just does. And he's such a remarkable person. Oh my God, if you get to meet him, you're just so fortunate. In fact, even when I'm being difficult, sometimes the thing that I think about is when my clients talk about their partner, sometimes I'll ask them like, how do you want to feel? And they'll say to me, I desire to talk about my partner the way that you speak about Jake. And I love that. And so coming up to the two-year mark of us officially being together, one thing I'm really proud of when I look at Jake is the work that I have done prior to Jake to actually be able to create space to call in my aligned partner. And that was a real process, fam, because after that traumatic breakup at 25, I was going through a lot of pain, a lot of resentment, and a lot of hatred towards men. I wasn't in a place of self-responsibility. There was no ownership. There was no me looking at me and why things had occurred and what within me was going on. It felt so painful. I was pointing the fingers outwardly and just saying, it's men's fault. It's my ex-partner's fault who hit me. It's my ex-partner's fault who didn't love me right. It wasn't even the man who passed the herpes virus onto me who I was mad at. I was so resentful towards my ex for years. In fact, I think of 25-year young Rebecca and some of the text messages that I had sent and I've gone through my own forgiveness process around those, but I was just going through so much pain that I felt like I needed to get it out of me and that came an attack on others. It's your fault for my experience. And I mean, hurt humans, hurt humans, right? And so when it came to creating space for Jake, creating space for my aligned partner, I went through a seven-year gap between that painful breakup and actually being ready to lean into a relationship with Jake. And it's quite funny. Jake is such a pivotal piece to my journey, which is really interesting. Before we even went on a date, we went to a personal development workshop together and he had a free ticket and he put it on his Instagram saying, who'd love to come? At the time, I didn't have a lot of money. I was like, fuck yeah, I'll go to a free personal development workshop. And this guy looks really cool. We've been following each other online for a long time. We met synchronistically through my old corporate career where I was like, how the fuck did I even end up with this job that I'm not qualified for? And one day, Jake and his best friend and business partner walked through those offices in Balcata to inquire about purchasing a franchise. And I added him on Facebook. I even got in trouble from my boss the next day for adding him on Facebook. Now I'm like, fuck, that was a worthwhile emotional beating because look, (laughs) it's my husband. (laughs) That is my husband. (laughs) It's the father of my children. It was worth getting in trouble for. And I remember going to this workshop and I was insanely triggered by the facilitator. I was like, this guy is a dickhead. He's got the biggest ego. I was projecting. I was mad. Jake and I had lunch on a bench in Perth City and I was like, how the fuck is this guy killing it? And I'm essentially broke and this guy is murdering it and he's useless. And Jake basically looked at me. He's very masculine. And he looked at me and he said, well, what are you going to do about it? And I was just like... (laughs) That's a great question. (gasps) What am I going to do about it? And so that really sticks with me because I don't even think I've shared this with him, but that trigger was so impactful for me at the time. Like this person that I'm projecting so much judgment at that I'm saying is absolutely useless. And my ego is like, Beck, you're so much better than this. 
but I'm not fucking doing anything about it. That day was actually a really pivotal moment in terms of it being a driver for me to take some fucking aligned action. And then we actually went on a date. We went on a hike and things fizzled out after that. Actually, Jake would text me a question and I would take five days to respond. And this happened three times over. And then I text him something and Jake gave it to me. And I remember being on my couch in my home with my housemates. And I was like, this guy just absolutely gave me a serving. And it was, I can't remember verbatim what he said, but something along the lines of just how long I would take to respond and him not being a stand for that. And I was just like, interesting. Okay. All right. What I didn't know was my block to even being curious about exploring Jake was I had a unique condition of satisfaction that I didn't know existed. And it was, I will never again enter relationship when I'm disempowered financially. Not saying that's right or wrong, just saying that that was something that I was so anchored to. And at the time, I was in $100,000 of debt and I didn't have my coaching business. I had no idea what I was doing next with my life. So to explore relationship actually wasn't an option for me until I'd broken through that barrier. Either I would have had to A, create the income, which I did, or B, break through that limiting belief. But for as long as that belief existed, there wasn't the space for relationship to be created. Just starting there, I would love for you to consider, do you have any blocks, any core beliefs that you're anchored to right now that are potentially blocking you from being able to explore these desires that you'd say that you most want? And maybe it is a belief around your finances. Maybe it is a belief around your weight. This can happen really frequently. I will start dating once I lose five kilos. I will start dating when fill in the blank, whatever you're fill in the blank, that's basically you getting ready to get ready. What is that block? And is it serving you? And do you choose it? And so I went through this really hard time with men after that traumatic breakup. And obviously, like I mentioned, the pain, the blame, the intense amount of blame, it felt all consuming, all the projection, the projection at men from the past, the projection at my ex from the past. And when it comes to creating space for an aligned partner firm, when you're filled with hate and resentment and judgment and projection and anger, there's no space for you to create a loving relationship. I did not, and I was never going to look at a partnership as a band-aid to heal the anger and the resentment. And what was great for me was I knew that the anger, the blame, the resentment was so intense that a band-aid couldn't cover it. There was no band-aiding that shit. For some of us, say, for example, when I was young, young Beck was in partnership from 16 to 25. And so when she would break up, she would find herself in a new relationship. Well, that new relationship became the Band-Aid, but the pain wasn't so intense that the Band-Aid could cover it for a period of time until it couldn't any longer. And so a part of my desire to be on my own wasn't actually to heal to begin with. It was just for me to explore myself. Nine years in partnership from 16 to 25, by the time I was single, I started to look at myself and think, who the fuck even am I? I don't think I have an identity. What do I do because I want to do it? Where do I want to live because I want to live there? There were past versions of young Beck who would think, I don't care. If he's happy, I'm happy. If I'm with him, I'm happy. As long as we're together, I'm happy. And now I'm really committed to honoring my own desires and my own non-negotiables and using my voice, speaking about my own standards and boundaries and what's important to me. I remember my ex-partner, I was like, as long as he's happy, I'm happy. Wherever he wants to live, I want to live. If he wants to get a house north of a river and a boat, then I want that. Whereas now, Jake and I are moving out together. I have very crystal clear wants, needs, desires for our living space. 
I love plants. I also love a water view. I love a morning routine. I love a new home. There's just certain things that are non-negotiables for me. There is only so far I will drive south. And Jake's actually from South the River and I'm from North. There's only so far I'm prepared to be away from my family. It's not a no as in this is it. Otherwise, just that's not it Like for us. There's definitely been conversation around it where we've both got to explore, okay, what does Jake want? What does Beck want? What does Jake need? What does Beck need? So that we can find a way to make it work so that both our needs get met. I think that's something that I've been taught by one of my mentors. How can you make it a win-win for both people with the thriving relationship as always the objective and end goal? And that's something that I keep in mind, knowing that if I move south of the river, and that was a really honest conversation that I've had from the get-go, I don't desire to live any further south than Applecross. I don't desire to be inland. Ocean water views and or river are so important to me that I can't not be there. My living space is my source of inspiration and what makes me feel alive and energized and creative. It's important to me to feel inspired by my surroundings. And so I'm really clear in communicating that. And so that's what I loved about that seven-year single experience. And it felt really uncomfortable to begin with, fam. Felt so uncomfortable to go from, well, I just want to do whatever he wants to do. I'm a very much a yes person and I love to explore and I love new experiences, but I recognize, well, my first boyfriend loved riding motorbikes. I rode motorbikes. My next boyfriend, he was a bodybuilder. I started doing bodybuilding competitions. My next boyfriend, he loved boats and rot nests. And next minute, that's my favorite thing to do on the weekends. My final boyfriend was wild and reckless and loved to party. I became wild and reckless and loved to party. And not saying that I didn't enjoy any of those things. I really did. I love activities. I love trying and doing new things. But to know that I did it because they love to do it felt disempowering. And so to get to this place of 25 and thinking, who the fuck even am I? It felt really empowering and also super fearful to think, Now I get to go and discover who I am, what I do, why I do the things that I do, what I actually want to do, where I want to live, how I want to spend my time, how I spend my days, what I do for fun, what I do for work. And so that started a journey of self-exploration. When it comes to the self-exploration piece, what I think is most important is that we're not attached to everything feeling good all the time. If you're going to try something with the expectation that it feels good, I feel like we're setting ourselves up for permanent disappointment versus if your intention is I'm exploring this to experience how it feels, to then receive the feedback, to then know if that's actually something that I desire to do with my life or with my body or with men or with women or with work, with my career, with money. From the feedback, I can make a more embodied decision because I can feel how it feels. I can (laughs) think about how it feels and I know. And I've tried the thing and I've explored the thing. I'm not so attached to the end result as what I am to actually trying so that I never live my life in regret. That used to be very reckless when I was 25 and it's much more intentional now, but I'm still really anchored to that. I love to try and I love to experience. And so when it comes to creating space for your aligned partner, And for anyone who resonates with this conversation right now, I am assuming that you're single. The first place that I want you to look at is that forgiveness piece. Obviously, with the amount of resentment and hatred and projection and blame that I was projecting at past partners, there definitely wasn't the space for love to appear. And so that is really the first place that I would invite you to consider going. Who is it from your past that you get to forgive? Why are they taking up space in your emotional body? 
if they're in your thoughts, if they're in your mind, they unconsciously have your power. And there's no space for this love that you say that you desire to call in to arrive until you really go there. I know I've used a car analogy in the past, but another mentor of mine used this when it came to breaking free from a lot of this pain and resentment that I was holding with him. And he said, it's kind of like, Beck, you've got a car in your garage and you're trying to drive another car in, but the old car is still sitting there and you're trying to pretend like it's not. And we get to do the work to create forgiveness so that we can release the attachment to that car and the new car can then drive in. But until we go and do that work on healing that resentment, on healing that frustration, on healing that anger, on healing that 25-year-old who really questioned why she wasn't worthy enough in someone else's eyes to be heard, seen, validated, approved of, worshipped, adored, pleasured, whatever her story was, we get to go there and support that version of Beg so that she heals. So this woman gets to call in the aligned partner who gets to really treat her the way that I say that I deserve. And so that's a really big first step in your journey, the forgiveness piece. Because I know if you're in my world, and you're desiring a line partnership, you're not desiring a Band-Aid. I think you can be super intentional in terms of if you you want the rebound guy, you want a fun night out, you want an exciting threesome, there's the fun, wild experience just for a bit of temporary pleasure because you want to experience feeling good momentarily. But long-lasting, sustained contentment requires the forgiveness of those people or persons from the past that have created this relational discomfort that you experience that has you fearful of entering relationship or has you fearful of entering dating. And that's the first place and space that I would encourage you to go. Number two, if you're desiring to create space for aligned partnership, now you'll hear through my language that I say, creating space. We only have so much space. Yes, we are abundant. And also energetically, if a boyfriend that's unaligned with us is in our space, he's currently taking up the fucking space of the guy that's actually meant to be here. I want you to think about everyone and everything that's in your space right now. And if there's something that is not aligned with you or someone that's not aligned with you, then they're in the way of the thing, the person, the experience that you say that you most desire. And so step number two for you, my love, is really creating clarity around What is within your space? Who is within your space in a dating capacity, in a relationship capacity, in an intimate capacity that is blocking you from the experience that you say that you most desire? And I'm going to get super clear in terms of, for me, that looked like, you know, men that you've kind of texted back and forwards and it's never going to go anywhere, but sometimes you're bored. I was bored on a Sunday. I'd be sitting there on my balcony and think, oh, I'll just text this person. I know I'll get a response. I know I'll get my ego flooded. I know if I wanted to go and hang out for a few hours tonight, I could. I'm not really going to enjoy it, but oh, I could just for like some entertainment or just basically swapping time for company versus exchanging time for connection or sharing time and sharing connection, which is probably much more empowering. So considering clearing your space, I cleared my social media. I would encourage you to remove from your space anything that doesn't reflect your version of healthy partnership. I blocked all my ex-partners on social media and I blocked and deleted all of their friends and all of their family members because in my mind, I decided those relationships didn't reflect healthy partnership. Not saying that they're not good people. In fact, 
everyone who has been a part of my life has been a beautiful human, even if what we were here to do was actually trigger our core wounds for our own internal healing. Really incredible people. However, not a reflection of healthy partnership, not a reflection of aligned partnership. So for me, what that required was blocking and then also deleting their friendship circle, their family circle, knowing that those people aren't actually a part of my life anymore. So that is something that I would love for you to get crystal clear on. Who and what is in your space and where could be in the online space. It could be phone numbers in your mobile phone where you get a random text on a Wednesday saying, hey, what's up? And maybe you don't even respond to it, but it always comes through every few Wednesdays. Can you respond and say no more? And you can respond to someone in a really polite way as well. It doesn't have to be rude. doesn't have to be offensive. In fact, you can actually say no to someone in a really integrous way that's really lovingly boundaried and really respectful and really calls people forward to treat others with respect as well. So number two, clearing your space of anything that doesn't reflect healthy partnership. And that can feel uncomfortable for a lot of people because then they're like, oh my God, there's space here. And now I just have to be with me. And now I feel uncomfortable. And instead of it being Sunday and I just go and text that guy that I would normally text on a Sunday for a couple of hours of company or a couple of hours of exchanging my time for his company, but not really feeling really aligned with it, not feeling like it's really filling my cup, but just I don't want to be by myself. You get to actually sit by yourself for those hours and go through the experience of whatever it was that the people who are not aligned with you were band-aiding. Maybe you don't like to be on your own. Maybe thoughts and fears of unworthiness arrive for you. Maybe thoughts and fears of your body image being the thing that's blocking you from being able to appear attractive to the opposite sex or the same sex. Whatever your wounds are that you've been running from, they potentially could rise up in that space. And you know how I always ask, what are you avoiding? By creating space and not band-aiding the space with something that's not aligned with you, whatever you're avoiding may potentially rise to the surface and isn't that a brilliant thing? so incredible. Just an invitation of the work that's there for you to do. Are you feeling challenged to cultivate true self-acceptance from within? Are you feeling a deep desire to express yourself authentically? I know that online self-love coaches make this sound so easy. And my love, I am here to tell you that whilst it can be challenging, it can also be deeply enriching and highly rewarding, but only if you have the right tools. To give back to my raw, real, and vulnerable community, I'm going to give you an exclusive price to access my newly released online book, The Seven Steps to Self-Acceptance. I've gone full back in this book, so this really isn't just a book. This is 67 pages of life-changing possibility. It's essentially a short, self-paced transformational course where I take you through my seven-step signature system that has supported myself and hundreds of women worldwide to break free from shame and unlock their fullest self-expression. Each pillar is cleverly communicated in an easy-to-understand fashion so you feel empowered to go out into your own life and take aligned action. Each pillar comes with an easily implementable aligned action task which will support you in creating positive, effective change. So if you're ready to reclaim your personal power and cultivate true self-acceptance from within, then use the link in the show notes below, as well as your exclusive raw, real and vulnerable access code and grab your online copy of the seven steps to self-acceptance today. Perhaps my favorite distinction of coaching and all my clients will know this is well, after you've gone through your forgiveness. Once you've started to clear your space of what does not reflect healthy partnership, now we get to become super crystal clear of what our standards are. 
Remember when I said prior, younger Beck would just be like, whatever he wants to do, wherever he wants to live, whatever he wants to eat. I got to then actually start to address myself and acknowledge myself and actually start to understand what it is that I want, what it is that I desire, who is it that I love to spend time with. I did that through working on my favorite coaching distinction, which is standards. Before I went into logical, systemized, implementable, tangible, I really attached to and anchored to the feeling how I would feel in this relationship. And I just want to let you know that at the time that I wrote my standards, this was two and a half years prior to Jake coming into my world, like us actually dating. And at the time I was still, I don't want a boyfriend. I don't want a boyfriend. I don't want a boyfriend. I would never have the words come out of my mouth. I want a boyfriend. I used to project at that woman thinking that's so desperate. That was my belief. But because the trigger was so intense and knowing what I know about this work, I really knew that the trigger was just an indicator of what I actually really desired. And deep down on the inside is this beautiful inner child and this beautiful inner teenager, this beautiful inner 25-year-old and this woman who was saying, I actually would really love to be loved. In fact, at 30, I wrote everything that I would have achieved by 35. Number one was a business goal, a massive business goal of mine. And number two was fall madly in love. And I was still saying, I don't want a boyfriend. I don't want a boyfriend. I don't want a boyfriend. And yet I had this list of all the things that I achieved by 35 and number one and two, business, relationship. And so even that I would roll and look and be like, well, bitch, you can deny that you want a boyfriend, but your number two by age 35 is falling madly in love. So that kind of indicates something a little bit different, even if your massive ego doesn't want you to actually say that really you're holding space for him. And so getting really crystal clear on my standards and first anchoring to how I feel in relationship to Jake prior to Jake arriving into my space. And my favorite feeling expression when it comes to relationship, I've said this from the very beginning, is I desire for my inner child to feel safe and my woman to feel seen. And the reason that's so important to me is because That traumatic breakup felt so difficult to navigate and I really believed at the time that I was so in love with this man. I was in love, so in love with this man's family. He came from the most beautiful family and it really felt so painful to leave those people who I loved so much and I realized my inner child felt so safe. These people had become my family as well. My inner child loved them and my inner child looked at the mother like she was her best friend. But what I also noticed and recognized was whilst my inner child felt so safe to be me, my woman felt so unseen by my partner. I could never do that again. I could never exchange safety for feeling unseen. So knowing that my next relationship got to be one that was aligned and a place where I really got to be myself, embodied, empowered, bring my child and my woman. Yes, it's important that my child feels safe, of course, but also my woman gets to feel seen. Women in relationship, they need to feel seen, heard, and safe. The man, he requires his life partner, his feminine life partner, to open up vulnerably to him. He requires freedom to be himself and space to make his own choices. But for our vulnerability to come online, for me to feel safe, to be so vulnerable with Jake, need to feel seen and heard. And if I'm not seen and heard, I'm not going to be vulnerable. 
And that's really what I recognized through my breakdown of that relationship. It was the safety that the inner child craved, which is why it felt so painful to let it go because the inner child had created so much love with so many people. But the woman knew, the woman was the one who would say, you can't love me the way that I need to be loved. And knowing that that occurred and how much pain that created, I was committed to never entering a relationship again where my woman didn't feel completely seen. And then you get to dive into your standards. And so they look like, obviously, everyone's a different. I'm just going to share a few of mine. He wants to get married. He will come to family dinner and enjoy time there. He values monogamy. Maybe if you're polyamorous, he values polyamory. He is invested in his own self-development. He's highly sexual. He makes his pleasure and mine a priority. I just want to really emphasize that because mine used to be he is highly sexual. And then I started to attract all of these men when I was single. And once they were complete, they were complete. And that's actually my Jake always makes a joke of it. He's like, can't wait to get home and fuck you for five minutes and then roll over and fall asleep. Jake wouldn't dare. <laughs> he would not dare. But he loves it. It's like my biggest trigger. And he always says it just to just really wind me up. But what I recognized through that, I was like, why am I attracting in these men? They have no value for me. The relationship that I had with men at the time was not good. It was really cementing the depths of the resentment that I held towards them. What I did was actually look at that and ask myself, well, why am I calling this experience in? And so I changed my stance. There's no point for me having a highly sexual man if he doesn't give a fuck about my pleasure. No, thank you. That is a non-negotiable no for me. And so I looked at my standards and said, hey, he is highly sexual and he makes his pleasure and mine a priority. And notice I say his pleasure and mine because I've also been on the other end of that spectrum where the man doesn't consider his own pleasure and is almost a people pleaser to me. I desire, yes, to be pleased and yes, for my pleasure to be of high value and massive importance to my partner, but I also want his to be important to him as well. And so creating clarity around what your standards are and really after you've created clarity around that list of standards, grabbing a highlighter and really going through what is non-negotiable on that list. Like if you were to not have that experience, that would be you settling. For example, I met a really great man prior to Jake because I really believe that the universe will send you almost but not quite what you want to see if you're actually a stand for what it is that you really desire and really just ask you, are you willing to say no to the good so that you can say yes to what is really meant for you? And I met this incredible man and he was wild, but an entrepreneur. He was super different. He was attractive. He was self-expressed, liberated. He was gorgeous. I love spending time with him. And he valued polyamory. I'm not wronging anyone else's values. If you value open relationships, if you value whatever it is that you value, that's your value. And I get to anchor to what mine are. I value loyalty. I value monogamy. And so when this man came into my world and he was attractive, we had the best time, we'd go on adventures, I was just like, he's almost everything else. Maybe I could experience this. And so I attempted to explore it for a little bit of time. Like, yeah, I'm cool. I could could definitely have a polyamorous relationship. And what I recognized through the attempt of that experience was every time he would go missing for three days and not contact me, I would experience this essence of almost anxiousness. And what I recognized in that experience was my inner child didn't feel safe. My inner child in a polyamorous relationship doesn't feel safe. I really highly do value a monogamous relationship. And therefore, that's when I started to think, you know what? I get to say no to this because even though this is almost exactly 
what I want. He is almost exactly what I think that I desire. There is a very crystal clear non-negotiable here that's not getting met and I can't settle for that. And so I completed that and lo and behold, I, I met Jake. I could talk about standards for hours, but one thing I want to remind you is that your standards are not fixed. They're malleable. You're in control. You can change them daily. You can go and do a meditation next week and completely change your desires. Everything is malleable. Everything is negotiable. Sometimes we think that we have standards, but they're literally just social beliefs and conditioning that our parents and our peers have passed on to us. So as you start to experience and be a stand for your standards, you actually get to start to feel how your standards resonate within you. And are they actually your beliefs? Are they actually your standards? Are they your dad's standards? Are your parents' standards? Are they your family's standards? Are your great-grandparents' standards? Are they your peers? Are they putting pressure on you to get married and have kids and you don't actually fucking want it? I think we had a beautiful breakfast with a group of women for the Perth Like-Minded Ladies last week, which is a meetup group that I run in Perth for women to create like-minded friendships and connection. And one woman said, you know, I don't think I actually want children which is a huge awakening at 32. And a lot of clients bring that forward to me. Oh my God, all my friends are getting married and having kids. And so I've kind of just gone with that because everyone else was doing it. And now I'm getting into the game of dating and I'm starting to realize that is not at all what the fuck I want. And so just being so connected to your body, and that is actually number four, as you start to get in the game and anchor to your standards, you start to feel in your body how it feels to honor or dishonor your own standards. For example, when the man would go missing for three days and all of that anxiousness arose in me and my inner child felt deeply unsafe, well, my body was talking to me. This doesn't feel good. With Jay, my body always feels safe. Like It's this intense resonance of even when I've hit an emotional block because <laughs> I went through all of this process prior to meeting Jay. And then once I got into a relationship, I was like, fuck yeah, I'm healed. I laugh at myself. Now, did all the work calling my aligned partner. This is going to be easy. Oh my God, fuck no. <laughs> this man, the way that he's held space for me is just unbelievable. And that's what I truly believe is the power of calling in an aligned partner. Every time I've opened my heart to love and I'm like, oh my God, this is my person. Immediately, almost like clockwork, there's been contraction because I want you to imagine the belief that exists of deep love also equates to deep pain. The people who I have had the experience of depth of love to the capacity that I've experienced love in this lifetime have also been the same person who have created masses amount of pain in my world or co-created that pain with me. And I'm sure as I have for them. And so every time I open my heart to loving Jake, immediately after there's almost like this... <gasps> fear of, oh my God, I love him more than I've ever loved before. He could hurt me more than I've ever been harmed. And I mean that emotionally, fam. And obviously, I think that's the risk of loving someone. We can't just expect that everything's going to be sunshine and roses all the time. But every time that has occurred, what I have then gone and done is try and attempt to put a wall up to push him away. And the beautiful thing about Jake actually doing the work and being so embodied in his own self-work is he has never made that wall mean anything about him or attached to it. And he's known what I am doing in that moment. And therefore, even though it hasn't been pleasant, he's been able to hold space for it versus attack it or feel like it's something about him and allow me to lean into it. And there's always breakthrough. There's always been breakthrough and deeper intimacy and deeper connection on the other side. And that's why our relationship is so strong. Number three is getting super crystal clear of your standards. And number four, fam, is getting in the game. 
getting in the game so that you can actually go and live your standards and feel what's occurring in your body and use your voice and set standards and set boundaries, ask for what you want, say no. I remember years ago, I put my herpes status on my Tinder bio and that was a really cool experience all in itself. And I met so many incredible humans from that. And I remember I was chatting to one guy. I put this on the internet and on a video and, and I actually got ripped a new one. But I actually really honor a prospect for having done this. I was messaging this guy on Tinder for a few weeks and we'd organized to go for dinner at a restaurant near my home. And he seemed really confident online. And I love a confident man. I'm really attracted to a alpha male. We get to the bottom of the stairs. And he just did not seem like that. He seemed very different to how he'd been messaging me. He seemed shy. And when I say shy, it almost means sheepish. Immediately, something in my body said, I don't want to do this. And I heard this voice inside of me say, I don't want to go for this dinner. And then I'm going to feel obliged to pay for him, make small talk for an hour and a half. I'd rather just say no and have this dinner on my own. And so I actually said to him at the bottom of the stairs, because my truth was in that moment, you can write it, you can wrong it, whatever you want to do. My truth in that moment was, I don't want to actually go through with this date. I looked at him within seconds of meeting him and I said, hey, do you mind if we just don't do this? And he said, oh, okay. And then he turned around and walked off and that was it. And then I actually went home. My housemates were like, what are you doing back already? And then I told them what occurred. They're like, fuck, you're funny. And then I decided I really wanted the steak and the wine that was at that restaurant. So I took myself back to that restaurant and had a solo day all on my own. And I was really proud of myself because I was like, fuck yeah, I felt into my body and my body said no. And so I chose to honor that for whatever reason that I did. And that felt really empowering. And that's what I mean about getting in the game, getting in the game so that everything can fly up. You can start to be in the practice of using your voice. You can start to set empowering boundaries. You can ask for what you want. The dating game is such a great place to practice all of the tools that you learn when you're doing this work. And it can be fun. And it can be respectful because this is one thing that I really want to touch on. People say they fear rejection, whereas I really challenge you on that. Because if you become so deeply anchored and aligned to your values, I could bet that one of your values is alignment. Now, if your values are alignment, therefore, I really fucking want Jake to be committed to choosing me, the woman, and wanting to be with me, not just any woman, not just a girlfriend, but me, the woman. That was something that I noticed when I was single. I'd start dating men, and some of them would ask to enter relationship with me quite quickly. And I would think to myself, you don't fucking know me. How could you be so sure that you want a relationship with me? You don't know me. You want a girlfriend. You don't want me to be your girlfriend. You just want a girlfriend. I don't want to be a girlfriend. I desire to be chosen. That's what I'm here for. Knowing that that's my truth. I deserve to be chosen. Jake chooses me. I choose Jake. I'm not here to be someone's girlfriend. I'm here to be chosen by them. We're choosing a committed life partner, not just anyone. That means that everyone else is a misalignment. I'm not rejecting them. Am I meant to say yes to everyone? Fuck no. Was every guy that I went on a date with on Tinder meant to say yes to me? Fuck no. Is everyone in the world meant to be my friend? Fuck no. Is everyone on Instagram meant to be my client? Fuck no. But are there some really aligned people that are meant for my world and vice versa, I am meant for them? Yes. It's what creates friendships. Why are you not best friends with everyone? Because you're not meant to be best friends with everyone. Does that mean that every single person that you're not friends with, you're rejecting? just misalignment. 
just not aligned. And so the more that you stay connected with your value of alignment, if it is a core value of yours, that you desire a deep and meaningful and fulfilling relationship, not just anyone, your one, the person, even if they're just the person for now, like choosing that person right now. Because how are you meant to ever know that the person that you're meeting right now is actually meant for you in 10 years? You're not. And what if the person right now is meant to be here right now for you to learn the lessons that you need to learn, for you to become embodied in whatever it is that that lesson is and be able to integrate it to your life so you're actually ready for the partner who is actually meant for you? Jake and I were even saying this the other day about how people can be so attached to things working out all the time. I made a series of quote unquote bad business investments this past year. And sometimes my ego is like, oh, fuck, that was a waste. And that was shit. I can give myself a hard time for it. But then I remind myself, it's kind of like saying, if the traumatic breakup hadn't happened at 25, would I have been ready to be the woman that I am now for Jake at 34? And even Jake was like, well, probably not. And I'm like, exactly. I have an incredible business coach now. But didn't it require the two shitty mentors that I worked with that I deemed were a waste of money. They came with so many incredible lessons. They just didn't work out the way that my wounded ego says they should have worked out. However, if they had have worked out, I wouldn't even be here with my business coach that I'm with now who then aligned me to my podcast agency. So many great things have occurred from that space. So my wounded ego wanting everything to work out perfect all the time is not actually setting me up for success. There's the person that we're meant to date that's meant to break our heart for the lessons to learn. I don't believe that I would be the woman that I am now without the herpes virus, which means that I wouldn't be the woman that I am now for Jake without the herpes virus, which means it was all always meant for me. That partner was never meant to hear and see me and never meant to pleasure me in the way that I desired so that I did do the things that I did so that I did end up on the receiving end of the virus. It was always meant to happen that way. Our wounded ego challenges it. However, when you're committed to alignment, when the thought of rejection arises in your space, you can start to remind yourself, yeah, wounded ego, I know that you're saying that, but I'm actually committed to my alignment. And finally, so you've gone through your forgiveness process, we've cleared the space, we've anchored to our values and you're in the game. Step number five is the embodiment, the actual action beyond the game, the actual going after what the fuck it is that you say that you want. And I learned this through my mental press and smiles and I did this for six months prior to Jake. And I believe number one is saying to the universe, I'm here for what the fuck I say I'm here for. And I will go after what it is that I want. And this is what I want. And this is what I want. And it's not me sitting on the sidelines. It's me saying, universe, I will meet you the fuck halfway. I'm not waiting for you to deliver Prince Charming to my front door. Some of my clients don't go out, don't go to the gym, don't smile at people, don't make eye contact, (laughs) don't put themselves out there. I'm like, where the fuck is he meant to come from? Like, just like land on your doorstep. And funny fact, Jake synchronistically kind of did land on my doorstep, on my Pilates doorstep. I'll tell you that story in a moment. However, I did the work prior so that God could set up that synchronicity because God knew that I was ready for Jake. I want you to hear that clearly. I challenge my clients who don't do anything about going out and getting a partner, who don't put themselves out there, who won't go to speed dating, who won't smile at a man on the street, who won't walk up to a man and give them a compliment. I did fucking all of that. So going after what it is that I say that I want. And that doesn't mean chasing after men. No, that means putting out signals. So I did go to speed dating. Do you know why I went to speed dating? I went to speed dating to practice being me authentically. Not with attachment that I would meet my husband at speed dating, but I went to speed dating to practice being me authentically. And then for six months, I used to go up to any man that I found attractive and I would give him a compliment. I would walk up to him. I would make eye contact. I would smile. I'd say, hey, 
My name is Beck, and I just want to let you know that I really love your eyes. And then I would walk away. Yep, just walk away. Women are like, oh my God, what if he's married? I'm like, mate, I did not ask to pull his pants down and suck his dick. I literally gave him a compliment. It's a compliment to a stranger. It is me turning on my feminine energy, turning on my sensual energy, making eye contact and saying, you know what, universe, men like this, I like that. I actually find women far more attractive than men and I can be quite selective when it comes to men. So it was a really great and really fun challenge and I met so many men because of it. I had men chase me through shopping centers. It created really great interactions. Had men who were married turn around and say, I can't wait to go home and tell my wife that you told me that because I would like her to say that to me. And I was like, yeah, go you. You go and tell her that. I'm sure that she will love to give you that praise. And so you get to have fun with it. And then when you're unattached to the result, because a lot of clients will be so attached to, I want a boyfriend, I want a boyfriend, I want a boyfriend, I need a boyfriend. If I have a boyfriend, that makes me successful and worthy. We're so attached. It's like we're squeezing it so forced and it feels almost like suffocating energy. But if you go through this process, creating space, going through your forgiveness process, clearing what's not meant for you, what's not a reflection of healthy partnership, getting crystal clear on your standards, feminine and masculine, feeling and logical, getting in the game and then going after what you want and having fun with it, being unattached to the outcome. Imagine if every person I met, I was like, I hope it's you. It could feel overwhelming and suffocating, but being really aligned with acknowledging what our desires are, i.e. being in the dating space and being like, yeah, I really am holding space for my aligned partner. Like not playing too fucking cool for school. If you're desiring aligned partnership and you meet a guy, you meet a woman, you meet whoever the fuck it is that you're attracted to and they want something casual and you actually find them attractive, but you're deeply desiring aligned partnership, Remember when I said clear space of what's not a reflection of what it is that you say that you desire? That person right now who you're attracted to, who just wants something casual, is not a reflection of what you desire. And so you playing it too cool for school, being like, yeah, I don't mind, just seeing casually. No, you do mind. You really, really do mind. You're desiring a line partnership. So it would be powerful in that moment to say, this feels really vulnerable for me right now, but I just want to honor my desires. Yeah, I'm, I'm really holding space for my committed partner. I've been doing some work on that and it's cool that it's not you and that's not what you're here for and you just want to explore something casually. But yeah, I'm really desiring partnership. You get to honor your desires. Men come where they're wanted. Clients come where they're wanted. Money comes where they're wanted. And a lot of us deny what it is that we most want. So you get to honor that. And when I say about Prince Charming, not that I would call Jake Prince Charming. (laughs) I do love him so much, but not that I would call Jake Prince Charming at all. But I did reference that I tell my clients, Prince Charming is not going to fucking rock up to your front door. I believe that when we are so aligned with what we say that we desire and we do the work to create the space and we do the work to meet the universe halfway, the universe will walk the other half. And so really quick story, fam, coming up to the two-year mark of Jake and I being together, September, two years ago, I'm working in a Pilates studio. I had been to that personal development workshop with Jake at the beginning of the year. I'd been so triggered by the facilitator. At the time I was in 100K debt, by the time September comes of that year, my business is killing it. My coaching business has blown up. I'm financially empowered. I was working casually as a Pilates instructor, still in Subiaco. Mega former instructor, actually, at LA Fit. Best job in the world. Best workout in the world. Shout out to LA Fit. If you haven't been there, fam, literally, if you're a Perth-based person, go and check it out. Incredible culture, incredible community, incredible workout. I love it. And I'm working there at midday. 
And I think to myself, why am I still working here? I know that I love the people. I know that I love the workout. I know that I love the community, but I don't need a job anymore. I'm so abundant. I really don't need this job. And my intuition said to me, just a little bit longer. Don't quit yet. And so I said, okay, I'm in the mega former studio. It's 12 o'clock in the daytime. They put on this new 12 o'clock class on a Saturday that wasn't usually on the roster and I'm taking it. And Jake at the time lived an hour away. So the chances of Jake and I bumping into each other are very, very slim. And remember, I've been doing the work to call in my aligned partner up until this point. All of a sudden, this group of men walk past the window of the Megaforma studio. And I hear a really beautiful woman comment about Jake. Now, if an attractive woman finds my partner hot, I find him about a billion times hotter. (laughs) Jake's like, thank God you have a massive ego or we would never be together. And I was like, hold on, that's Jake. And she turned around and said something to me and I was like, oh, he lives like an hour away. At the time, I was like, I would never drive any further than 15 minutes for a man because I think my ex used to live really far north. So I was like, never again will I drive. And she was like, what the fuck do you mean? She's like, you get in your car and you drive to that guy. And I was like, yeah, okay, I will. (laughs) And so I text Jake saying, who is that hottie who just walked past my window? And Funny story, Jake and I actually hooked up two and a half years prior a New Year's party. I literally thought to myself, this is just a guy that I've been flirting with for two and a half years, gone on a date with, it's gone nowhere. By this time, I'd actually cut out sex with unaligned men. I was still not thinking that I was ready for partnership in that right now moment. And so I was telling this, I was like, I thought that we were just going to have sex once or twice and then it would fizzle out and we could just stop flirting and be like, oh, we explored it and that was it. Two years later, we are moving in together in November. And that, my friends, is the benefit of doing the work. I am so inspired by my partner and I feel like we are equals. And that is what I feel is the most beautiful part of our partnership. There is no pedestaling. There is no making one better than the other. We walk with each other side by side and we're choosing to create a life together so that both people can win. We're both here to support each other, to achieve, to create our own goals and create goals in partnership together. It's very meaningful. It's been incredibly triggering and yeah, very confronting to open my heart up to loving someone after so much intense pain and really just continuing time and time and time again to lean in because sometimes when the wound is so triggered, it feels so overwhelming that my wounded ego was like fucking run the opposite direction and having someone that is committed to their work as well to be that rock solid stand for me to continue to lean in and that's why on my list of standards I'm not saying this has to be yours it really was supportive and really important to me that that person is invested in their own self-worth work and it has really created a lot of space for our relationship to thrive and I'm truly excited for the life that we are creating together. So fam, if you received so much value from today, I would love for you to screenshot this episode, share it to your story, tag me so that your friends can connect with me and so that I, more importantly, can connect with you. I can't wait to hear your biggest takeaways. What an episode. I can't wait for all the beautiful humans that you get to connect with and explore with and set loving boundaries with and ask to receive with and use your voice with. How fucking exciting. What a time to be alive. Have a beautiful, brilliant day. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If you're desiring more from me right now, 
Firstly, I love your eagerness. And secondly, let's make it happen. Check out the link in my show notes where you can receive more information on my books, breakthroughs, online webinars, all upcoming courses and programs, and how you can get started on your journey within my world today. I can't wait to be back in your ears next week. And trust me, you won't want to miss this episode.